This is Radio Free Bay Ridge. Hello and welcome to another special episode of Radio Free Bay Ridge. Today we bring you the uncut audio of the Arab American Association of New York City Council debate between Justin Brennan, Bob Capano, and John Quaglione, co-sponsored by Fight Back Bay Ridge and the South Brooklyn Progressive Resistance. Without further ado, we bring you to the debate. So a lot of the work that we do involves civic engagement and community building, which is why we are here today as one of the lead sponsors of this event. Um, we have efforts to educate the community. We have really worked really hard to make tonight happen with our co-sponsors. So I just want to thank the candidates again and the co-sponsors for, uh, for all of you for being here tonight. So Ronnie here is going to be translating. Uh, I know that I went through this really quickly, so hopefully you'll try to get the gist. Assalamu <coughs> alaikum. Justin Brandon. هو مرشح لحزب الديمقراطي باب كابانو هو من حزب الريفورم وجون كواكليون هو من الحزب الجمهوري فالجمعية العربية هي مؤسسة لخدمة المجتمع وتقوية المجتمع وهي في البداية أصلا تأسست بعد أحداث 11 سبتمبر بعد أن المجتمع هنا في فترة 11 سبتمبر والمجتمع هنا يعني اكتشف ولاحظ كيف يعني مهم تقديم الخدمات للمجتمع هنا so I'm going to go over the format real quick. So uh, we'll have two minutes for opening statements from each of the candidates, and then we'll move on to a Q&A section where I'll, I'll ask the candidates a few questions that were put together by the sponsors and the co-sponsors, and each candidate will have two minutes. Uh, to answer each question, and then we'll open it up for the audience. Um, then each candidate will have two minutes to close. Uh, Ahmed, who's sitting right over here, I want all the candidates to get acquainted with Ahmed. Uh, he'll be our timekeeper for the night, and he's going to let you know when you have 30 seconds left. Um, we really want to stick to this time frame because everybody, we want to give everybody a chance to ask their questions, I want to give all the candidates the opportunity to answer as well. So I will be making sure that this rule is enforced. <laughs> Real quick. And we broke the mic. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> 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 
ترتيب هذه الندوه لهذا المساء سوف نعطي دقيقتين للجمل التقديميه لكل مرشح وبعد ذلك سوف ننتقل الى جلسه الاسئله والاجوبه سوف نسال المرشحين كذا سؤال وسيكون لديهم دقيقتين كل واحد للمجاوبه وبعد ذلك سوف نفتح الاسئله للجمهور وفي الاخر سوف يكون في دقيقتين لاختتام لكل مرشح ولدينا هنا احمد هو سوف يكون يلاحظ التوقيت سوف يكون في ثلاثين ثانيه لكل سؤال وذلك بسبب نريد ان نعطي الفرصه لكل سؤال وكل شخص ان يقدم سؤاله Great. So we have four topics that we want to cover tonight. Um, first one is criminal justice. Then we move on to immigration, discrimination, and hate. And the last one is working with communities of color. Um, uh, in this session, there will be four topics. وقانون الجرائم والعدالة الموضوع الثاني سوف يكون الهجرة الموضوع الثالث التمييز والكره والعنصرية والموضوع الأخير هو العمل مع المجتمعات الملونة So uh, we're going to do this in alphabetical order So before we start, we're going to give each of the candidates two minutes to have their opening statements. Um, so we're going to start with Justin Brannan, then Bob Capano, and then John Boglio. Thank you so, well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you to all the organizers who put this together in a very short amount of time. I feel like it was just a couple, I don't know, a week or two ago that we were talking about it, and here it is now reality, which is a testament to uh, the people behind the scenes. My name is Justin Brandon. Um, I was born and raised in Bay Ridge. My father was a salesman. My mother uh, is a uh, teacher. My wife is also a teacher, and she and I own an art school for kids on Third Avenue. Uh, my great-grandparents came here from Italy with uh, some lint in their pockets and a dream. And I think about them every morning when I wake up uh, with, with the privilege to run for office. Um, they came here, and people made fun of them for the way they looked. And, the way they spoke and the food that they ate. Um, and it's, it's important, I think, to, to point out, I mean, we all come from the same place because we are all immigrants, refugees, or descendants uh, thereof. And I think that's something that is very uh, easily forgotten these days. أول شخص لدينا جاستن برينن وهو مولود 
رب في منطقة بيريدج هنا في بروكلين وزوجته ووالدته يعملون كمدرسين في المدرسة وجدوده هاجروا من إيطاليا فهو يفهم يعني كيف هي تجربة المهاجرين هنا في أمريكا والتميز الذي ممكن أن يحدث في حياتهم هنا وفي الأصل نحن جميعنا مهاجرين وجئنا من مكان معين ولكن يوجد تشابه ما بين جميعنا و Um, from an early age, I was taught to stand up for what's right and to always do the right thing even when no one is looking. Um, very simply, I'm running for city council because I care very much about this neighborhood where I grew up. Um, I care about its future and I care about representing everyone that calls this neighborhood home. Um, tonight, I think you're going to see some clear lines of distinction between myself and my opponents of where we stand on the issues that matter. Um, and that's why we have forums like this. I think we're at a critical time for our community and for our country uh, with more diversity than ever before. Uh, frankly, some of my opponents might see uh, our diversity as a threat, whereas I see our diversity as our true strength. Um, right, so my, right on, right on. So my vision for the 43rd Council District is one that is uh, deeply inclusive um, in a way uh, that engages new voices um, in, in, in a real and meaningful way. Um, new voices that maybe in the past have been shut out of the political process uh, for one reason or another in our community. Um, but I, you know, I, I promise to listen very carefully. I don't know everything, um, but I also promise to speak out loudly when it's necessary because I truly believe that our only path forward um, is to bring everyone together across lines of religion, ethnicity, and, uh, and race. And um, that's what I hope to present to you tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I want to thank the organizers for including all three of us in this uh, forum. Uh, my name is Bob Capano. I am the Reform Party candidate in this race. Uh, basically lived here in Bay Ridge almost my entire life, a product of the local public and Catholic schools. Uh, for the majority of my life, I've been in the private sector as, a, uh, as an educator, as a high school social studies teacher, and an adjunct professor of political science at the various Brooklyn and, and city colleges. And I've, I've run uh, several businesses over the years. Currently, I'm the uh, supermarket manager for Prestides. And one of the things uh, in business that's very important is to uh, listen to the uh, customers. And uh, I feel as a candidate uh, for public office, and uh, it's very important to listen to your potential constituents, whether you agree or disagree. Um, and, and I do have a feeling, you know, there may be some uh, dis disagreements between my views and, and many of yours, but uh, I view it as my and our obligation to listen to each other, to have a dialogue together, 
and maybe agree where we can, but also uh, respect, respectfully uh, disagree uh, where we do. Um, one of the reasons I'm running as a Reform Party candidate, and, and this is a movement really throughout the city by the uh, New York State Reform Party led by Curtis Slewer, is to basically end the corruption, end the backroom deals, let's bring people to systems who are truly about reforming the system. And to us that means things like term limits, things like initial referendum, and, and give people more choices. I wish there was more candidates up there, up here, so you would have more choices. Because to, to me, the more choices that people have, the better. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the best ideas, but other candidates may. So I'm here to uh, listen to your views, to understand as much as possible, and then hopefully you'll do the same for me. Thank you very much. Good evening. I want to thank the Arab American Association and the co-sponsors here tonight for hosting this event. And I'm John Paglione, I'm running for City Council, and I believe that this neighborhood, the strength of this neighborhood, is the diversity that we have embraced for so many years, and I look forward to uh, continuing that and building on it as the next council member. The communities of Bay Ridge, Dyker, Bath Beach, and Bensonhurst are areas that I've had the privilege of serving for the last 19 years, working with Senator Marty Golden, and working on many, uh, many initiatives and many programs to, to build tolerance and to build community and to assist people. I'm a product of public, private, and parochial school. I'm a graduate of American University in Washington, D.C., where I majored in political science. And, and I believe that this community, this position of city council is the most important position that affects your life the most of any elected official that from, from city council to the president. I believe that we can, I've done, I've worked with people. I met a woman last night at a meeting that I had, um, reminded me, Kathy reminded me of working with her friend Janet who had a, a very young son that was ill and went to Arizona for treatment. And unfortunately he just passed away, but we were able to work with his insurance company to get him care for 15 years. We gave him life for 15 years. And we, we, we worked with Hotshay Human Services to open a school for autistic children. Um, we worked with uh, Father Elliot team in the wake of 9-11 to build and create the Unity Task Force, which still exists. And, and again, city council is the most local form of government. What happens in your child's school, what happens in your park, what happens on your, your street, if your tree falls down, if your street's collapsing, that's what matters and that's what I will take to heart. That's, what I will, that's why I'm running, because I've been doing that for the last 19 years and that's what um, I'm looking forward to continuing in your capacity as your next city councilman. Thank you. four different themes that we want to cover, so we're going to start with criminal justice. Um, broken windows policing has been characterized by many advocates as aggressive over-policing of marginalized communities, which often creates more problems than it solves. Such practices constrain criminal justice systems, burden impoverished people with fines for minor offenses, 
and fractured the relationship between police and minorities as we saw in the case of Eric Gardner. Seeing that Bay Ridge is home to a large immigrant population, what are your thoughts on broken windows policing, including the risks for racial profiling, immigration enforcement implications, and the reduction of constituent civil rights? ففي هذا المساء سوف يكون في أربع أجزاء وبالنسبة لأول جزء وأول سؤال فيه هو بما أنه منطقة بيريج هي دار لمجتمع للمهاجرين وبيت كبير لهم ما هي أفكاركم عن سياسة بروكن ويندوز التابعة للشرطة ومن بينها الخطر على التميز العنصري والخطر على المهاجرين وأيضا خفض الحقوق المدنية I believe, I believe I'm the only uh, candidate running here that has called for an end to broken windows policing. Um, I've called for community policing. Um, I, think community, I think community policing makes a lot of sense in a neighborhood like ours, um, and I've called for that in the 6-2 and the 6-8. Uh, overall, I support protecting um, the civil and human rights of New Yorkers in their everyday encounters with the police. Um, and the officers that I've spoken with are on the same page there. Um, I, uh, you know, the, the Constitution is not a suggestion. Um, the Constitution is the law. Um, and ending, you know, ending stop and frisk uh, did not show us a massive crime wave uh, in the city. Crime is down and stop and frisk is down, and that shows that when you improve trust and you improve the relationships between the police and the communities they serve, that it, it does what it's intended to do. So I support an end to broken windows policing. المرشح جاستن برينن هو ينظر نفسه كالمرشح الوحيد الذي نادى لوقف سياسة broken broken windows وهو يدعم فكرة ال التحكم المدني وهو يدعم بشكل كامل الحقوق الإنسانية والمدنية وتكلم أيضا مع ضباط يعملون في الشرطة وهم أيضا يدعمون أفكاره ويدعم أيضا بشكل كامل الدستور لأن الدستور هو القانون وفي الأصل سياسة stop and frisk لا تخفض الجرائم في الأساس والآن أصلا بعد وقف سياسة stop and frisk نسبة الجرائم انخفضت There was a recent poll that came out by uh, McLaughlinus and Associates, which is a respected national uh, polling firm, and it said that 42% of New Yorkers uh, believe our quality of life is getting worse. 
And I think a lot of that does have to do with the reversal of the broken windows policies under this mayor. Um, I do support the broken windows policies. I do think we see some of the ill effects of that with uh, more homeless on the streets. Um, we also the picture in the New York Post of a homeless man sleeping on, underneath the uh, uh, subway cars. We know this mayor has uh, uh, reduced the emphasis of our police on, on certain quality of life crimes. Um, regarding the Justin's point about uh, community policing, I, I happen to disagree with this mayor's community uh, policing plan um, because under his plan, um, officers would have dedicated time off their radios um, and we've seen a, a 6,000 reduction in headcount in our police officers. Uh, there's been a backlog of uh, radio calls, which basically means that if someone really needs the police and, and calls 911, it takes them longer to get there. So by half under this community policing plan, by taking more officers off radio calls, it's going to, in fact, increase that response time. And, and to me, what harms uh, police community relations more than anything else is if the police are less responsive when people really need them. I think that's more important than a, a police officer getting a photo op uh, playing basketball with some kids somewhere. I mean, we have to remember, keep our eye on the ball. And to me, that's uh, public safety and, and keeping our subways and streets clean. Thank you. المرشح هذا هو يدعم رجوع سياسة البروكن بروكن ويندوز وهو يرى أن بعض ما Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. فَهُوَ يَدْعُمْ رُجُوَةَ هُوَ يَدْعُمْ رُجُوَةَ سِيَاسَةِ بَلَوْكِ الْوِنْدُوزِ وَيَرَى أَنْ بَعْضَ مَا اسْتَرْجَعَتْ أَوْ تَوَقَّفَتْ سِيَاسَةَ بَلَوْكِ الْوِنْدُوزِ حَدَثَ تَأْثِيرَ عَلَى الْمُجْتَمَعَ وَتَأْثِيرَ سَلْبِيَ جِذَّاتِ ومن بينه هو نوع الأشخاص الذين لا يملكون بيت نوعهم على الشارع وهو يحمل مختار المدينة مسؤول عن هذا الفعل وهو أيضا يرى أن انخفاض عدد الضباط في الشرطة شيء سلبي أيضا ويفضل أن نعتم بسرعة الربط للشرطة أكثر من انخفاض عدد الضباط لأنه يرى أن إذا انخفضنا عدد الضباط السرعة الرد من أقسام الشرطة ستنخفض
First of all, I've actually worked to repair broken windows in this neighborhood. Store owners that have had their windows broken, bus stops where the bus shelters, the glass in the bus shelters have been broken, and I've worked with the MTA, and I've worked with different store owners to, to get those windows replaced because that sends a bad message to the, to the community at large. If we allow a window to remain broken or we allow graffiti on a certain area, that's my understanding, and I'm not an expert on the broken windows theory, but that's my understanding of broken windows, that if you allow the bad, uh, the minor incidents to fester, the community falls um, potentially into a position where you lose, you lose control of the situation. There was a 28-day period in May where we had a 19% increase in the 6A precinct in petty larcenies. Now that could be car break-ins, that could be packages being stolen. That was a 28-day period. So in that 28-day period, uh, my family, your family, were all one in five more likely a chance to be a victim of a small crime. So I believe that we need community policing here in the neighborhood. I believe we need more police officers, and we need to have uh, a, we need to work to a safer, better uh, theory. And and uh, that's that's what I'm going to say on that. يرى أن إذا سمحنا لأحداث الصغيرة أن تكتمل المجتمع سوف يسقط وهو يرى أهمية التحكم المدني وأيضا يرى أهمية في كفرة عدد ضباط في الشرطة وسوف يجعل الأمن شيء أساسي The Right to Know Act encompasses two bills The ID bill would end abuses by making officers identify themselves and the reason for their encounter and the search bill would end unconstitutional searches by making officers ask for consent to search. Do you support the Right to Know Act? If not, why? هل أنتو تدعمون سياسة ال Right to Know وإذا كان لا لماذا؟ I believe that when a police officer is in a situation where only he knows what, if he's in danger or what's going on at the scene, I don't think that I have a position to, to make a determination on that. So that's a no? I, is it a yes or a no? Do you support the Right to Know Act? Yes or no? I, I answered the question. <laughs> he feels like he answered them. All right, Bob. My two uncles are retired cops, and over the past several years, we've uh, seen uh, too many police officers have to go into their closets for their white gloves and dress shoes to mourn uh, uh, fallen police officers. 
Um, and, and I think that um, with all these additional watchdogs and regulations that are being placed on our police, including this right to know, I think it damages uh, our police officers' reputation. I think it leads to a narrative that most of our police officers have a racial prejudice, and I just don't believe that's true. I, I believe that creates more distrust. And if you go to many of these community council meetings, and as the police have stated, these precinct community councils throughout the city, not just here in the 6A and 62, it's the it's communities, and including and especially minority communities, who are yearning for more police protection. And when you pass these types of laws, these additional regulations on cops, it causes cops legitimately to want to back off because they are, they're afraid. So I think we have to understand that yes, there are some bad cops and, and if they do something wrong and un unconstitutional, they should absolutely be punished. But to be creating all these additional laws and regulations uh, on our cops when we can't be in their shoes in these life and death situations, I think that's wrong. So my answer is no. I am um, I am in support of the Right to Know Act. Um, I've spoken with, and you know, I, I think I, and I appreciate Bob for telling us actually where he stands. Um, um, so, but but it wasn't an easy decision for me because I actually did went and speak, you know, went and spoke to friends of mine who are police officers, and frankly, the main thing they they came they care about. Is uh, is getting paid a living wage, um, so I don't I don't see any um, contradiction in supporting the police when they're doing the right thing, but also wanting them to be completely transparent and accountable. So I support the right to know. كل ضابط شرطة يعرف ما هي لمصلحة الوضع فهو سوف يجعل القرار لضابط الشرطة ولا يأخذ موقف اتجاه هذه السياسة بالنسبة للمرشح الثاني فهو يرى أن سياسة الرايت تو نو فعلت خطر على سمعة الشرطة ويرى أن معظم ضباط الشرطة ليس لديهم تميز عنصري وحتى إذا يوجد بعض ضباط الشرطة يملكون هذا التميز يجب أن نحسبهم في القانون ولكن لا نحاسب الشرطة بشكل عام وهو يرى أيضا أن المهاجرين هنا والمجتمعات الأقلية يحتاجون إلى المزيد من الحماية فبشكل عام هو لا يدعم سياسة رايتنو وبالنسبة للمرشح الثالث هو يدعم هذه السياسة و يرى 
لأن ضباط الشرطة معظمهم يعتمون على أخذ الراتب فقط ويجب أن نحمل الشرطة مسؤولة عن أفعالها Thank you. So the last question that we have on the criminal justice. In July of 2017, Dwayne June was shot fatally when his mother called the police because he was in an emotional distress state. On September 6, Miguel Richards had 16 bullets shot at him until he fatally died when the landlord called enforcement for a wellness check. Deborah Daner, who was also distressed, was shot twice and killed last year. These people now join a tragic group of people whose mental illness leads them into a dangerous and often fatal collision with the police. How would you respond to issues of police brutality within the NYPD? And will you do what would you do if elected to city council to address this problem? How will you work to ensure that there is police accountability if there is police misconduct, especially in mental health cases. The question is, how will you respond to conditions of conditions related to the police? And how are you as people سوف تتحملون هذه المشكلة وكيف أيضا ستعملون لتأكد أن يوجد تحمل المسؤولية لكل ضابط شرطة في حال عدم عمل عدم العمل الجيد خصوصا في حالات التابعة and let's switch a little bit so we can have Bob start, then Justin, and then John. Well, this is, uh, seems to me another area where this man dropped the ball in, in addressing uh, uh, mental illness. Um, you know, there are so many families, you know, throughout uh, the city and country that uh, do suffer from a uh, mental illness, so we absolutely have to do more to address that. Um, and, and as far as, uh, you know, how the police deal with those who are mentally ill, again, if police do the wrong thing and the facts show that, they absolutely uh, should be punished. But who, are, who am I or who are any of us to being in that situation where an officer goes into a home who has no clue about that person's uh, medical history or mental illnesses. You know, when a cop is faced with that life and death situation, they don't have time to say, okay, let's search the house for any uh, mental illness prescription this person may be on. So I think we have to always keep that in mind. And secondly, on how, it, how to address police misconduct in the future, I think one of the things we need to do is create a more respected and objective uh, civilian complaint review board so that they are uh, respected by both the public and the police. Right now, I think we have a civilian complaint review board that has a clear um, anti-cop bias. 
I think that's shown where some board members believe that a complainant's criminal history is irrelevant, but a cop's complaint history is not. So the best, you know, sunshine is, is the best uh, light to bring out the truth. So if we had a civilian complaint review board that was more respected by both sides, I think that would go a long way in more uh, fairly addressing these types of issues where no one side feels like that the board is against them. I think the police department has already put body cams in place to, to address these issues and to protect citizens and protect the police officers uh, going forward. So I believe that there's already an attempt to uh, improve situations like this. I don't think anyone would disagree that uh, police officers um, take some extraordinary amount of courage to face the unknown every day. Um, that said, uh, when dealing with uh, people with mental illness, um, they need, there needs to be a priority of use of non-lethal force. Um, it also comes down to ending the stigma around mental illness um, so that it can be properly addressed and properly um, you know, known, so it's not a secret that someone might be suffering from a mental illness. But I think the police, um, certainly, I think they are going through a training to uh, make make use of non-lethal force in, in incidents with uh, people with mental illness. Uh, أن أخطأ ضابط الشرطة أن نجعله مسؤول ولكن يوجد سؤال مهم كيف سيعلم ضابط الشرطة عن الحال النفسي للشخص فيجب أن نضع هذا في بالنا وهو أيضا سوف أو هو يدعم فكرة أن نؤسس مجلس لإدارة الشكاوي بالنسبة للمرشح الثاني هو يرى أن لحد الآن يوجد يوجد أصلا في هذا الوقت محاولة لتطوير المسؤولية على ضباط الشرطة وبالنسبة للمرشح الثالث فهو يرى أن يجب أن نفعل توعية حول الأمراض النفسية ويجب أن الشرطة لا تستخدم القوة التعسفية Okay, now we're moving on to immigration So Mayor Bill de Blasio has stated that New York City is a sanctuary city Although federal immigration officers can still do enforcement in New York City, with the exception of some sensitive areas, which includes schools, hospitals, and public actions. The first question is, how will you fight to make all New York City residents, regardless of their immigration status, feel safe? And what will you do to expand protections for our immigrant community members?
فالآن نحن دخلنا في الجزء الثاني والسؤال الأول هو كيف أنت ستدافع عن جميع سكان هذه المدينة بالرغم من حالهم الهجري وكيف ستؤكد أن جميعهم يشعرون بالأمن والسلام Uh, thank you. Um, we as a city are not going to be safe if there are people living in the shadows who are afraid to come out and report a crime or afraid to come out and say when something doesn't feel right. That's first and foremost, and that's what the Sanctuary Cities is really all about. Um, I think now with this president, the role of a uh, elected official period has completely changed. And the days of saying, well, that's not my jurisdiction, are not going to fly anymore. Um, I think it's important that uh, whoever works hard enough and is lucky enough to win this seat, first and foremost, uh, makes clear that uh, they're going to stand up for everyone in this district, no matter how long they've been here, no matter what they look like, no matter where they come from, in a very loud and outspoken way, so everyone knows um, that we've got their back. And, um, I think it starts there on a very basic level. Um, but the bottom line is the reason why we are a safer city when immigrants feel uh, that they are safe. And that starts on the local level with, with elected officials really leading the charge and not living in denial and ignoring that there are serious anxieties in people who feel truly vulnerable uh, you know, right here in our community. I believe in the need to create a pathway to citizenship. I believe that's the most effective way. But if you're convicted of a crime, if you're felony, felony uh, arrested, arrested for a felony, then, then you have to face the consequences. I heard a story over the weekend, though, of an of a, a immigrant woman who wouldn't call uh, 911 because she was, um, she was very ill outside somebody's home, and they, they wrote to me on Facebook. And that, they wouldn't call the ambulance. They thought she was having a heart attack. She wouldn't call because she was afraid. So that's, that, that's something that, that we uh, need to get past, and we got to create a pathway to citizenship, as I said. But if you're convicted of a felony, then you have to face the consequences. The, uh, yeah, if anyone commits a crime against anyone in this city, uh, obviously the laws uh, apply to anyone, and, and whether they get legally illegally, if they get uh, robbed, or I think it's down. If they, okay. If they get uh, attacked or robbed in any way, they should face the consequences. But I, I, I do think it's ridiculous that uh, the city is spending about $27 million to protect those who are here um, illegally and commit felonies from deportation. I think that those funds could be much better used on other community and city priorities. Um, and, and I do think, and I disagree with the mayor's policy uh, in that regard. And I think uh, everyone needs to follow the law equally. Thank you. Can we just leave the questions to after? No, 
terrible. You know, why is it always going back to crime? When we talk about immigration. We're gonna leave the questions to after. Right, so okay, we'll get to this part that. and then hold on to your questions right. and then we'll go Okay. Uh, so, إذا كان المهاجرون يشعرون بالأمن وبالنسبة للمرشح الثاني هو يدعم فكرة طريق للجنسية وبالنسبة للمرشح الثالث يرى أن كل شخص بالرغم من الحالة الهجرية يجب أن يمشي وراء القانون Great, thank you uh, before we move on, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge our elected officials who have joined us this evening. So, Council Member Vincent Gentili is here. And uh, Senator Marty Golden was here earlier too. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. The next question. There are over 30,000 DACA recipients in New York City. The diversity of our dreamers is as broad as our city's immigrant populations. As a leader representing our community with colleagues in the state senate and state assembly, what will you do to support dreamers and protect them from detainment and deportation? Will you advocate to pass a Clean Dream Act, which provides dreamers with a pathway to status and citizenship? Are you going to be a council member for the entire district? Start with Justin. <laughs> <laughs> وتحميهم من الطرد والاعتقال وكيف ستدعي للحصول على سياسة تابعة لدريم جديدة تعطي المالكين الدريم لطريق إلى الجنسية وهل أنت ستمثل جميع هذه المنطقة؟ Thank you. I think it goes back to what I said in the beginning, and that we are all immigrants, uh, refugees or descendants of immigrants, and it's something few generations pass, and we all seem to forget that simple fact. Um, I do not uh, support rescinding DACA. I fight hard to make sure uh, everything is being done on the city level. Um, you know, every, every lever and button that we can push or pull uh, to prevent that from happening, and I support the DREAM Act. I was uh, helped organize some protests outside of Senator Marty Golden's office to try to get him to pass the DREAM Act. So I support that.
regarding uh, DACA, uh, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Um, as most of you know, the, these, this relates to children who came here uh, illegally through no fault of their own. As was mentioned, affects about 30,000 uh, New Yorkers, 800,000 uh, people uh, throughout the country. Um, and I, I support uh, uh, DACA being continued. I don't think as long as these, these children are not uh, doing anything illegally, I, I do not think uh, they should be thrown out of this country. Uh, again, as long as they're law-abiding citizens doing the right thing, um, we need to show compassion uh, for those for these young people. That's my answer. Thank you. I already uh, mentioned that the pathway to citizenship is something that I would definitely advocate for, and morally, I could not support any efforts to break up families. So that's. السلام عليكم. بخراني تعب شوي فأنا بديل للترجمة لما يستطيع يتكلم. جاستن من الداعمين للذين يحلمون بالعمل داخل من خلال الدولة وهم الذين لم يولدوا في الولايات المتحدة الأمريكية لكن عاشوا بضع طفولة حتى نموا وترعروا وبزنس أوباما أعطاهم حرية العمل على أمل في المستقبل يحصلوا على الهجرة فجاستن يدعم هذا المثال وأيضا بار يدعم هذا المثال وجان يبحث عن أسلوب آخر للوصول إلى حق المواطنة للمهاجرين بطرق القانونية There are over 1 million New York City residents who have IDNYC, which is New York City's municipal ID program. Recently, there has been a lawsuit filed to retain and potentially share the data of the ID holders with federal officials. Will you stand up and protect IDNYC cardholders' privacy and fight against any efforts to share the data with federal authorities, which is not mandated by law? هناك حوالي مليون شخص أخذوا الكرت من مدينة نيويورك بدلاً من الدرايفنج لايسنس أو فهذا الكرت أعطي بغض النظر عن وضع الإنسان كمهاجر أو كمواطن هذه المعلومات التي جمعت على المليون ماذا ستفعل بها مدينة نيويورك أو الحكومة مدينة نيويورك هل ستقبل أن تشارك هذه المعلومات في الحكومة الفيدرالية؟ ما رأيك في هذا الموضوع؟ If there if there was a need to to provide that information to an authority for any reason, I would support giving the information to the authorities. Yeah, this is. Well, let me preface this by, in my opening statement, we said that uh, we wouldn't agree on everything. So uh, in, in this case, uh, I also uh, support the lawsuit. I, I think uh, localities have an obligation to share information with federal authorities, especially when uh, public safety is at risk. Um, 
and, and that's the federal government's jurisdiction, right? That they, they're here to protect the uh, public safety. So uh, I agree with John. Um, I disagree. I don't think we should be weaponizing misinformation. Um, Um, there is, you know, this is basically a solution looking for a problem. There is no security threat. There are no issues with the IDNYC card. Um, and to jeopardize uh, people who put their faith and trust in this being um, an anonymous system um, is really a betrayal. And, um, and so I'm against it. جان وباب يسمحوا بمشاركة الدولة لهذه المعلومات الشخصية إذا كانت هناك ضرورة لم يحددوا ما هي الضرورة لكن جاستن يرفض مثل هذا القول ويقول الكات الشخصي لا يؤثر على أمن الدولة ولا يؤثر على العمل من داخل الدولة فإنما هي مساعدة لمن يحمل هذه البطاقة أن يحصل على حقوقه وعلى واجباته فهو مع هذا منع مشاركة أو نقل هذه المعلومات من المدينة إلى الدولة so hate crimes against Muslims and those perceived as such in New York City, particularly against women, have been in the headlines since the first days since Donald Trump's presidential campaign. On a neighborhood level, we hear from our members regularly that Muslims are being verbally or physically harassed in their everyday lives with bigots feeling emboldened by the examples of national politicians. One of our own staffers, who wears a hijab, just a few weeks ago was actually attacked right in front of our office by a woman who swung her bag at her face and then told her to go back to her country. How will your leadership guarantee these people's safety and well-being? What will you do to stand up to hate here, against hate here in our community? الموضوع الآخر هو العنصرية والكراهية والتي تفشت في مجتمعنا وخاصة في منطقتنا بعد حصول الرئيس ترامب على الرئاسة نعاني في هذه المنطقة وخاصة المسلمين بهذا النوع من الكراهية أحد بناتنا في هذه المنطقة تلبس حجابا هجمت من قبل إحدى النساء المارات في الطريق وقالت ارجعي إلى بلدك أنت لا ت... ليس لك مكان في هذا البلد ماذا سيكون موقفكم لمنع هذا العمل العنصري والذي تفشى والكراهية التي تفشت في المجتمع العربي والإسلامي في هذه المنطقة Look, there's uh, no room for uh, hate or attacks uh, on anyone based on race or religion or anything else. And as councilman, that would be my standard for all. You know, these attacks make me sick, as it, it should and does for all others. Um, 
this community by and large gets along, and when any time there's such an attack as was described, it hurts all of us. Um, and I have to tell you, one of the best experiences of my life uh, growing up in this community was uh, when I managed my own baseball teams with the 68th Precinct Youth Council for a number of years, and we had 15 players of all different races and religions. And guess what? We all got along. The team members worked together, regardless of where they were from or what their religion was, because they had a common goal. And sometimes I think there's a whole hell of a lot of adults can learn from the children. Thank you. I also do magic tricks. Um, I think it starts with I think it starts with stopping living in denial uh, that 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 these incidents do happen. Um, and it starts with taking our heads out of the sand and believing that everything is is uh, you know everything is hunky dory. Um, I think you do have leadership um, who. Um, you know, sort of say there's nothing to see here and keep it moving. And it's our, it's up to us to say, no, there is something to see here. And it disgusts me that any member of our community uh, would be attacked or, or you know, in any sort of violent way like this. Or, and this goes back to what I said again, that we are all immigrants. We're all refugees or descendants of immigrants. And the same way that the Irish and Italian who were here got spit on and yelled at and made fun of, it's no different. And it's important that we remember that, that a few generations pass and we forget this. I think Donald Trump has given a, uh, a false license to hate, and it's time for us to stand up and revoke that license. Having worked here for 19 years, as I said earlier, and as I spoke about in my opening statement about the great diversity, and now raising two children here in the neighborhood, there is absolutely no place for any attempt at hatred or intolerance. And when there was a rash of hatred against the Greek church, Holy Cross, when St. Anselm's, the Blessed Mother statue, was desecrated, and, and Jesus Christ on the corner was desecrated with red paint, we, we did not just pass it by, we involved the hate crimes unit, we got an essay contest, started in the schools working with Senator Golden, and we had an essay contest, and children my daughter's age and older now sat up on a, a platform like this, and they told us why they didn't want and why they did, wouldn't accept uh, intolerance in our community. So it's programs like that that, as councilman, I would push and advocate for in the schools. I would fund nonprofit organizations to build uh, community events and support community events that, that there's so many um, opportunities to build tolerance that we have to uh, distinguish, extinguish intolerance. Thank you. المرشحون الثلاثة اتفقوا على أن الكراهية والعنصرية غير لائقة في المجتمع وغير قانونية 
لكن بار اكد ان كان يعمل في تيم بيسبول تيم وهؤلاء الشباب الذين يلعبون بيسبول كانوا مختلف العنصريات ومختلف الاديان ومختلف الخلفيه والعرق فيجب يجب على الكبار ان يتعلموا من الصغار ليكونوا مع بعض وضد الكراهيه اما جاستن ف في رايه الخطوه الاولى ان نعترف بان هناك تمييز عنصري اذا اعترفنا ان هناك تمييزا عنصريا فيوجد لها الحلول ولا يجب ان نضع كالنعامه تضع راسها في الرمال وتقول لا لا يراني احد فهو يعمل خلال هذه الفتره كلها من من زمان في موضوع الكراهيه وظهور او صعود الرئيس ترامب ادى الى ايجاد الرخصه باعلان الكراهيه فيجب على القيادات في المجتمع ان تقف ضد هذا التوجه واما جان فايضا هو ضد الكراهيه واعطانا مثالا عندما حصل هجوم على كنيسه اليونان كان هو في المقدمه مع السناتور مارتي جولدن لوقف ضد لوقف ضد العمل من هذا النموذج ويعلم الناس بالطريقه المباشره عن طريق اللقاءات والاجتماعات بان الكراهيه غير لائقه وغير ضروريه. Post 9/11, the Muslim community has been subjected to unlawful NYPD surveillance in ways that other communities have not. How will you ensure that Muslim New Yorkers are free to practice their religion without the imminent threat of surveillance? بعد احداث ايلول الجاليه الاسلاميه تعرضت الى التمييز بالتجسس على مؤسساتهم واعمالهم واشخاصهم فاين تقف في منع مثل هذا التجسس حاليا او في المستقبل؟ Uh, we live in the United States of America where the Constitution is not just a suggestion. Um, I think the surveillance that we witnessed had a real chilling effect on uh, First Amendment protected free speech and worship. Um, and I think uh, the NYPD needs to follow real leads um, and not surveil our neighbors simply uh, because of their race or religion. So in the 1960s and 70s, uh, when uh, organized crime uh, was a big deal, you know, the FBI certainly infiltrated many Italian-American communities because that's uh, where the, the crimes were uh, and the concerns were. And the same thing happened with the Irish community. And in the day and age, I think the police have to go where they believe the greatest threat was. Um, and certainly post 9-11, uh, this was uh, from Uh, Islamic extremist groups, um, you know, over the past, even just over the past two years, 
um, uh, four Islamic street extremist groups were responsible for 75% uh, of all deaths uh, from uh, terrorism, and that's from uh, the Global Extremist Report, uh, Glo Global Terrorism Global Terrorism Index. And so I will support and defer to the NYPD where they think and do whatever they need to do to prevent uh, terrorist attacks. And if tomorrow there is a threat from the Italian American community, the Irish American community, I have no problems with the cops uh, going there as well. Unlawful, unlawful surveillance is the same thing as discrimination, if you, if you want to look at it as compare it, compare it to it. I wouldn't want unlawful, unlawful surveillance in St. Anselm's when I go to church every Sunday at 12 o'clock. I know my neighbor wouldn't want it at the Bay Ridge Jewish Center, and I know folks here, wherever you pray, wherever your house of worship is, you wouldn't want it either. But like Justin said, uh, incident-based is, is a separate category, but general surveillance is, is, um, is alarming. Justin, uh, Constitution, يحمي حقوق المواطن في التعبير عن حريته وعن رأيه السياسية وعن ما يحس به فليس من حق أحد أن يتجسس عليه وما قام به شرطة جنوكا في التجسس على الجهة الإسلامية غير قانوني وهو ضد هذا المشروع لكن وأيضا جان في الآخر يقول في نفس المنطق أن التجسس على التجسس بشكل عام على أي جالية سواء كانت غريك أو آيرش أو عرب أو مسلم يهودي أو مسيحي لا يجوز أما إذا كان هناك في شيء معين سبب معين للعمل أو للتجسس أو للFBI أو للNYPD إنهم يبحثوا في موضوع معين ما في معنى الوحيد الذي وقف مع الشرطة في حق التجسس هو باب الريفوت بارتي وقول إذا من حق الشرطة أو الحكم الفدرالية أو الفبي أن تتجسس على الناس لمعرفة أن يكون هناك خطر أو إرهاب وهو برأيه أن الإرهاب الإسلامي خلال هذه الفترة يزيد على حلوة 67% بناء على إرشادات أو معلومات لا يقدرين أن أتى بها إنما يكون أن هناك 67% من الإرهابيين هم المسلمين هم المسلمين اللي هنا والمسلمين اللي في الخارج لم يبين ذلك Alright, I only have two more questions and I really want to go through them real quick so we can open it to the audience um, we are in the last section, which is working with communities of color. The first question is, how will you ensure that public funds dedicated to Council District 43 are equitable distributed to local organizations who serve immigrant and communities of color? We can start with John and then move down. البيض. أنت 
ممثل في مجلس البلدية هناك نوع من المساعدات الفند التي يأتي بها المجلس البلدي للمؤسسات الخيرية في المنطقة فكيف ستتأكد من أن يكون توزيع هذه المساعدات بالتساوي على مختلف المؤسسات ذات العرق أو اللون المختلف I think I already mentioned in a previous answer that I would fund different organizations for to promote uh, tolerance and for the right reasons here in the neighborhood. But one of the I'm proud that I call for participatory budgeting first in this race, uh, something that this district does not have at this time. Surrounding districts have it. So you have meetings like this where I would sit up here as your councilman and groups would come and people would come from different schools and different parts of the neighborhood and different streets and you tell me what you want. And, and uh, then we, we put a whiteboard up or a chalkboard, whatever they call them these days, and, and you, uh, you vote on them, and, and that's how, it's your tax money, it's your tax money. Um, you're paying taxes, I'm elected your representative, I have the obligation to work with you to allocate and support the programs that you believe in. So that's how I would handle it. You know, one of the things that, that always bugs me is, is whenever you see a, a ribbon cutting for a, a new building or a program or money going to a group, it's always the politician who claims credit. I got money or funding for this, as if it was out of their own pocket. It's actually our money, the taxpayers' dollars. So I, too, would support participatory budgeting. One of the things I, I think I, I would do as well is, is put together an independent advisory board uh, to help me make those decisions on, on uh, what to fund and maybe even give them a complete authority so it takes the onus off, off me, certainly would erase any appearance of uh, corruption by whoever gives me the most money, they get funding for their organization. So I, I think those are two things I would do, participatory budgeting and also put together an independent advisory board to uh, determine uh, most of the funding that we give to community organizations. So it truly goes to uh, the organizations that the people want and, and it also erases any appearance at all of me being uh, 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 influenced by any type of donations. I think participatory budgeting is a great start and I would implement that uh, on day one. Um, I also would make sure that the same way my staff reflects the diversity of the district, that my funding would, would uh, reflect the diversity of the district with a priority put on groups who maybe in the past um, had not received funding, just to open up the process and bring more people to the table. Um, and I think that's the, that's the way we do it. Justin في في إدارته تحت سيطرته سيكون هناك مختلف الفئات من مختلف الجهات فبناء على ذلك سيكون هو أيضا 
يعطي المؤسسات المختلفة هذه المساعدات بعض انتقد بعض السياسيين بأنهم فقط يظهرون عندما يقطعون بلوريبون لافتتاح جمعية والافتتاح مؤسسة مع العلم أن الفلوس التي يدفعون بها ليست ملكهم إنما هي ملك الناس الذين يدفعون الضريبة All right, my last question before we open it to the audience, and I think Justin kind of went a little bit over it, but it's important for an office and its staff to be representative of and speak the languages of the members it's supposed to serve. If elected, what is your commitment to, representing, to representative staffing that reflects the diverse community you represent? Please be as specific as possible regarding your plans. And we can start with Bob, then Justin, and then John. Uh, I always believe that obviously that the number one uh, criteria for any job for anyone should be uh, qualifications. Uh, but having said that, it is very important to have uh, staff people who can uh, speak all the languages of your district. Uh, uh, so I certainly would commit to having a uh, staff member or volunteer intern who, who uh, spoke as many languages as possible, including within the uh, Arab American community, and, and I would do that. Thank you. Again, going to the, the salary, the salary of my staff or myself, if elected, when elected, is paid for by taxpayers. So we have to, the whole office is taxpayer funded. So it's not my office, it's not my staff, it's the staff of the 43rd Council District. So it becomes it becomes an obligation to have, and working with Senator Golden, we have an Asian member on staff, we have a very high concentration of Midwood, we have a rabbi on the staff, we have different people that speak different languages, Italian, we had a... a, a So, so I understand the, the way to staff an office. Again, it's with your taxpayers' money, and it's based on the uh, needs and the um, demographics of the district. Yeah, um, of course. I, I think the staff has to represent the diversity of the district, and I think there's, you know, it's very simple. There's so much to be said for someone walking into an office and looking for help and seeing someone that looks like them and speaks their language. Um, it, it, it provides a sense of comfort and, and security that is very necessary. Um, and I would, I would go, as, go far as to say that I would want um, folks in leadership roles, not just in um, sort of, you know, throwing a bone to a community. It's about having someone on your staff that's gonna be your eyes and ears in the community and tell you things that are important and, and things that are going on so you can, uh, you can make decisions. Um, and that's uh, something that you'd have to do. Anyone would have to do. Uh, 
الانضباط الى الريفورم بارتي بيكون كواليفيكيشن يعني الرجل المناسب في المكان المناسب بس بالضبط حكى انه فولنتير او انترن والفرق بين الفولنتير والانترن ستات ستات از بيد بيدفعوا له فلوس الموظف لكن الفولنتير والانترن بتعلموا هذا موقف باب لايك جون من ضمن عمله في في مارتي جولدن السيناتور راى ان هناك ناس مختلفين في عندهم صينيين وفي هناك ناطقين بلغات اخرى لكن لا اذكر انه هناك اي عربي ولا نذكر اي اي شيء بالنسبه للعرب جاستن طبعا قال ان ضروره ان يكون هناك من في في هذه المنطقه عندما تدخل المكتب تجد من يتكلم لغتك ويرحب بك في هذه اللغه وخاصه ان يكون هناك ليس مجرد ان يكون موظفا وانما يكون اصلا قياده في المنطقه بحيث انه يكون هو الاذن التي تسمع والعين التي تبصر ما ماذا يحدث في المنطقه فبالضروره ان يكون في مكتبه مثل هذا الرجل وبالذات الموظفين العرب. Whoa, <laughs> everybody's right. Um, I will say, please, as much as we're interested in your comments, I want you to keep your comments to, I just, do not comment. Just, <laughs> just give us a question so we can take as many questions as possible. All right, so you go first, yes. You probably will, and uh, that's why I—that's the truth, and that's why I'm here to. Uh, it's a good faith effort to say I wanted to hear uh, your concerns. I wanted to hear if uh, you can, and I'm, I'm willing to stay. Convince me on things that I may be wrong in what I said, but at the end of the day, you know, I also feel it's my obligation to uh, uh, speak how I feel. And I think you heard from my remarks today where, you know, a lot of you weren't too happy that I stuck to my guns and my beliefs. Um, and you know what? You probably won't, will not vote for me, um, many of you. But I can say that all you have is my word is that when elected, I am going to do my donors to represent uh, all parts of this community and this district uh, equally. Uh, John, this is for you. So in the last debate and in this one, you made repeated mentions of Penny Larson being down up for the month of May. However, in the 6-8 precinct, year to date, in October, it is down. In the 6-2 precinct, 
you know, the type of uh, petty larceny that you're talking about, uh, burglaries from uh, things in front of the home, uh, car break-ins, all that, also trending down. Irrefutable. I've looked at every single type of incident report in larceny in both districts. So given that, I have one of uh, two questions. A, could you please stop lying to us about these things? And B, would you like to hire someone else to do your research for you? <laughs> If you look at May's 28-day period, you'll see the 19%. And I repeat, I specifically highlight May when I answer my questions. Thank you. Sorry, I, I, I want to ask a question. Thank you. If it pertains to that question. It pertains to your, no, no, I just want to add to that. I'm sorry. I just want to add to that real quick. Um, again, whether we're talking about immigration, whether we're talking about sanctuary cities, uh, police, and I have four cousins that are NYPD cops, three were ex-Marines, okay? It always goes back to security, national security and crime. And I, the gentleman up there, yes, statistics, okay? Let's just stop it, okay? And think about, you know, the right to protect us and what, to know us, that, that, that Justin supporting both of you, well, I don't know, I didn't hear your, your answer. I'm just saying that every time we talk about immigrants and people of color, it always has to do with national security or community security or issues about crime. Crime always comes up. Let's just stop it. We are hardworking immigrants, and you need to acknowledge that. Okay? You need to know that. And you need to Trump at times for certain issues, and as a father of two daughters and of a wife, there's no room for sexual harassment in society. So I want to leave it at that. Excuse me, but my question was, would you still vote for Donald Trump 
not up to the 2020 election. Obviously, we all uh, disagree with uh, our party leaders at times. Just look at Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo. Um, but uh, <laughs> yes, I would uh, vote for Donald Trump. I disagree with some of the things he has said and done, but I still would, in a heartbeat, prefer him over Hillary Clinton. I think it's just, it's hard to take other positions seriously when you say that you would vote for Donald Trump again. استثمار لإسرائيل في المنطقة الشرق الأوسط رغم أنه هذا ليس من موضع السيتي هول بس موقفك هو إذا كنت تصوت من أجل أو ضد البي دي اس هل كان ممكن أن تصوت ضد منديلا لما قاطعوا ساوث أفريكا؟ I don't support BDS, I do support a two-state solution, and I've been very clear about that with Israel and Palestine living side by side in peace, and that's how I feel. I, I support a two-state solution, but I don't support BDS. So you don't support the only peaceful mean of using international law to hold accountable Israel for the illegal occupation of Palestine? Is I, I, no, I'm saying I support a two-state solution, but I don't think BDS is the way to get there. But you're not there. So uh, how do you know that's, that it's that's, not? That's, that's how I feel. I support a two-state solution with Israel and Palestine living side by side. I thought money goes over there, right? It goes no over there. I'm sorry, I'm just going to finish with that. So, I don't just want your opinion. I just want one second. You said you're not Palestinian, you're not Israeli, you don't have even uh, the right to say what you want. I want to know if you're going to stand with, with the international law to make everybody as equal citizenship. No, I mean, yeah. I, and I certainly, I certainly understand that uh, I'm going to represent a large Palestinian community, um, and that's not lost on me. Um, and that's why I, I truly do support a two-state solution. Um, I believe in, in, in the right to, to, to Palestine for to have their own state, living side by side with Israel, and that's where I stand. I, I just don't believe that BDS is the way to get there. I think we need to, to be doing more to get there. I just don't think BDS is the way to, to make that happen. That's how I feel. All right, next question. One of the things that bothers me sometimes about this city council is they get, as happened here with BDS, is they often get involved with uh, matters they have uh, no jurisdiction over. Um, but uh, having said that, I don't support BDS either. I'm 
just going to piggyback off of what someone in the audience said. City Council debate. I, I'm not talking. I'm going to have to talk about foreign policy. city level to, to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, I'm certainly uh, hoping and planning to be there on Thursday for the ICE hearing um, and do everything I possibly can. Yeah, I, I said before that I, I don't support, you know, that I, I support DACA um, and I just, uh, you know, think we gotta keep families together as much as possible. Um, but again, I, I do not uh, support those who are here illegally who commit felonies uh, staying here. That's it. I said earlier the emphasis should be on a pathway to citizenship, and I support the. Um, I cannot support the efforts to to break up families. كان السؤال بعد ماذا موقفكم حول العائلات التي في طريقها إلى التهجير أو العودة إلى وطنها لأنهم كانوا غير قانونيين بموضوع السدي جاستن قال هو ضد أن تفرق العائلات وأن تهج أو تخرج أو تجبر على الخروج من الولايات المتحدة الأمريكية بلادها سيكون هناك جلسة في السيتي كونسل جاستن راح يكون موجود هناك باب وجان جان ضد فصل العائلات كان بامكانه انه يبقوا في البلد خلي يبقوا في البلد ضد ان يكون هناك فصل العائلات باب بيقول اي اي انسان غير قانوني في هذا البلد يجب ان يخرج السؤال ما موقفكم في أن يكون هناك تأمين شامل من شركة واحدة بس واحد يدفع كل شركات التأمين الصحية وخاصة ما يتعلق بالأوراق النفسية. I support single payer. I think it's the only path. I support the the New York State Health Act as well. I think that's a way to get there, at least to to make it happen for us. If it's not going to happen nationally, but single payer all day long. No, I don't support single payer. I believe that every American should have access to affordable health care, and I believe that. Well, let me answer the question. That's the first part of my answer. I also believe that we must maintain. We cannot support any efforts that would eliminate pre-existing conditions from from coverage. جاستن من مايدين أن يكون شركة واحدة التي تدفع كل التأمينات بعض يؤمن بهذا الكلام جان 
بين بين يقول انه الحق كل انسان يكون له التامين الصحي الذي هو يختاره وليس من يجبر عليه. ما هي غلطة عمدة مدينة نيويورك اللي بتبلاسوا لحد هذه اللحظة؟ ما هي الغلطة الكبيرة؟ I mean, as I can go on for for quite some time about his mistakes, and and but I really believe that he's failed tremendously on the homeless, and he has. Admitted that in the Daily News on Friday that he has failed the homeless. There are 60,000 people that sleep in the shelter every night. That's not counting the people that sleep on the streets. And there's 2,300 New York City Housing Authority units that could have been retrofitted by now. And he's been in office for almost four years, and the numbers have gone up. We could have retrofitted those units, and that's not going to get everyone out of the shelter, but that's going to get 10,000 people if a family of four comes out to those those apartments. So his biggest failure has has been the whole, how he's helped, how he's failed to help the homeless. Um, I, I think it's his uh, general, especially at the beginning of his term, his general lack of support for the uh, NYPD. I think it's um, it was ridiculous that the city council gets these thirty-three percent raises. The mayor has I don't know, I don't know, up to two thousand special assistants. I don't lose track. But then he also, uh, and then he offers our cops a 1% raise. I think his priorities are screwed up, beginning with NYPD, goes down to homeless, goes down to quality of life crimes, goes, go, the list goes on and on. And we need a new mayor. Um, I would agree his, uh, I would agree with his homeless policy being his biggest failure. Um, and, I, and the mayor himself admits that. I also think on property taxes, he's missed the mark. I think property taxes are a huge issue for homeowners uh, in this district. Um, and um, those are, for me, those are probably his two biggest failures. John, يقول خطأ تبلاسو في موضوع الهوملس الذين يعيشون بدون مأوى لم يستطع أن يحل قضيتهم. باب بالإضافة للهوبس أيضا أشياء كثيرة من ضمنها البيوت ولكن جاستن يقول إنه بالإضافة للهوبس واعترف فيها دبلاسيو إنه اهتمامه في مش اهتمامه عدم قدرته على حل قضية الهوبس أحد المشاكل والثانية ارتفاع الضريبة المعقارات ضريبة العقارات أيضا من الأشياء التي لم يكن موفقا فيها دبلاسيو
السؤال يدور حول موضوع المواصلات العامه ماذا ستفعل لتصليح او تحسين وضع المواصلات العامه بشكل عام I see public transportation really as our greatest equalizer because everyone uses it. And I thought that the $24 million that was spent on the Bay Ridge Avenue station on some new tiles was a waste. It's no more accessible for people living with disabilities. It's no more reliable. And one of, the, one of the things I've called for, transportation is probably one of my biggest issues on the campaign, one of the things I've called for is for the city to take back control of the MTA. Because right now, uh, the state controls the MTA. Um, and you've got, you've got you know, politicians who represent Canadian border towns who are making decisions on the R train on you know, 4th Avenue, which is insane. Uh, and I'm proud to have, uh, working with Councilman Gentile, to bring the ferry back to 69th Street. So, um, there are things that we can do, um, you know, even though the state controls it, there are ways to get creative. Um, and, um, but I think spending money in, in a smarter way is one of the first things we need to do. $24 million and you can't even put an elevator in on Bay Ridge Avenue is just insane. Well, I, I'm a, I would certainly not favor putting Bill de Blasio in charge of the MTA. Um, but let me say this, uh, like so many residents in, in this room, uh, I think, um, I, as I said, I work at Christie's Supermarket in the city. I'm up every day at 5 a.m. taking the X27 to a 405 train. And, uh, you know, I don't call, I, what I, my new name for the MTA is the money-taking agency, where they just take more money from us and less service. And the big, biggest example, as we just learned last week, was that they recently eliminated all the overnight cleaning crews on the R line and are gonna do that system-wide next year. And it's no secret, you know, we've seen this happen, that track fires cause delays, and it's happened uh, several times over the past year. So to begin to eliminate these cleaning crews is just ridiculous. So I, I think the MTA needs a top-to-bottom review and audit on their, on their finances, and I think there needs to be more of an emphasis on services, the trains running uh, better, rather than all these uh, extravagant uh, cosmetic improvements. Thank you. It's a very good question, Lisa. Thank you for, for asking it. Um, the elevators are coming to 77th Street, 86th Street, and 95th Street. They didn't do one on Bay Ridge Avenue because of the way that the uh, corner is situated. That's what, according to Joe Loda. And just to the point of the MTA with, with the mayor and the state, the mayor has five appointments to the MTA, so he has the ability to, to make some changes. But we have the uh, weekend express bus service, which I worked uh, a couple of times to get restored once it was shut down. Then they put the X-17 by PC Richards to replace the uh, X-28, which goes through Diker and Bath Beach and Bensonhurst. 27 came back on the weekend. I've been working with uh, Joe Loader again to uh, mediate the traffic coming home for people that use the express bus, the tunnel traffic, the traffic agents are only directing, are directing more cars towards the FDR drive than the West Side Highway into the tunnel. So I've spoken to many frustrated commuters about how their express bus commute is going from 45 minutes to an hour and a half, an hour and a half. I have people that lost their jobs because they're late. I have people that lost their babysitters because they don't get home in time. 
And I had a doctor that moved here from Astoria because of the express bus, and he's ready to move back. So definitely the uh, transportation system is something that needs uh, heavy attention on. Thank you. Justin, it was بأنها ضياع للفلوس ولم تؤدي إلى الغرض المطلوب حتى لا يوجد فيه الآن هانديكاب أكسس المعاقين لا يستطيعون أن يستعملوا لا فيها إليفيتر ولا فيها درجة ستين الهانديكاب يدخلوها فهو يقول أيضا أنه ممكن صرف هذه الفلوس بطريقة أحسن لخدمة المواطن بطريقة أو بأخرى بعض يعتبر من الناس الذين يستعملون المواصلات العامة بشكل كبير بأفكار مختلفة فقال إنه الحراك التي تصير في خطوط الصبوي كثيرة ويعزوها إلى الموكلين بالنظافة الطرق يعني ليس لست أدري كيف لها علاقة بالموضوع إنه بنظفوا الطرق بيساعدوا بالحرائق بسبب الحرائق لكن يفضل أن يكون هناك تقييم أكثر للMTA جاستن أيضا دعا أن يكون الMTA الآن تابع على الستيت كنترول ليست للستي يعني المسؤول عنها الولاية وليست المدينة فيطالب أن يكون العمدة له الحق أو قرارات أكثر في الامتياء على عكس جاستن على عكس جان بيكون إنه لا خلي الامتياء تبلاز عنده ما يكفي ويكفي خبص كثير. كلام فارغ. I want one of our clients actually from the Union of Arab Women. She has a question, and that will be the last question, and then we'll go into closing statements. هل أنت مع أو ضد حرمان المسلمين من الدخول إلى المتحدة الأمريكية أو حظر بعض المسلمين من الدول المحدودة التي يدعي ترب أنها دول إرهابية ما موقفك بهذا المنع أو الحظر على المسلمين من الدخول إلى المتحدة الأمريكية؟ I do not support the Muslim ban. Um, I don't support banning human beings. Um, that's not how it works. Um, <clears throat> I think one of the things, as I said earlier, I think under this, the Trump administration, the role of a local elected official has completely changed. And um, we need to be doing everything we possibly can um, on the local level and using the, whatever power the city has uh, to make uh, people feel welcome and make people feel safe uh, and, and to be outspoken so, so 
everyone knows that we've got their back and um, doesn't matter how you got here, but you're here now and we're gonna protect you. I am against the quote, Muslim unquote ban before extreme vetting of, of those from uh, countries where uh, terrorism is prevalent. I'm against the Muslim ban as well. Again, thank you all for, for coming, and this was a very uh, in interesting debate tonight and some many important issues brought up, and I hope it's given you an opportunity to, to learn more about each of us here on, as we head two weeks from today, two weeks from yesterday, I think, um, to uh, November 7th, whenever November 7th is, for, uh, for election day to, to pick a new council member for, for this district. So we have uh, a lot of issues uh, on, the, on the horizon for this community. We have to, and it didn't come up tonight, but we have to tackle the, the drug and, uh, and heroin overdose situation that's uh, killing our children throughout, throughout this district, killing our, our youngsters. We have to um, get more, more treatment programs in place with going into what we were saying earlier about supporting community services and, and participatory budgeting. That's something that definitely needs to be uh, put up on the top of the list. We need to continue to look to develop senior housing. We're an aging community. Um, there's there's a, a great need, a great shortage for, for senior housing here in our community. And we need to continue to um, improve our services and say no to some of the insanity coming out of City Hall. They want to give us a garbage tax on top of um, our property taxes, which are already too high, as, as Justin said, and, and there are um, uh, movements afoot to, to equalize the uh, property tax system here in the city, and, and I'll be leading the, leading the charge on that when, when I'm in the city council. And, and uh, we have a number of issues. We need to increase sanitation services. We've, we lost uh, uh, many bulk pickup services due to the organics program. There should be a separate truck for, for the organics. There should be a separate, a smaller truck, an MLP truck should be funded to go into the private streets and pick up their garbage. There's, there's a lot of issues at the local level that the city council, the next city council member must address and I've been doing this, I drive around, I take pictures of graffiti, I take pictures of tree branches, I take pictures of potholes, and I love that job, and I can't wait to be a councilman. Thank you. First, let me say, I see Kadiel, your team here, and although we uh, have many, many disagreements, uh, one of the things we did have in common in his race for the Democratic primary and my candidacy is that we are both outsiders. We are both outside of the political establishment. And as I said, as part of the Reform Party movement, we wish there was more candidates up here. I wish Cadelia team was up here as another party's candidate so all the voters had more choices. And as I said, I'm a businessman, I'm an educator. And being on the outside I and not being totally dependent on a government salary because I haven't lived off it all my life, I feel I can be honest. And I think what you see from me tonight is that I was honest with you. Nothing I said changed 
from what I said over the past several months, which sparked a couple of questions. How can we trust you? And that's a perfectly legitimate question. But what I think you saw was my vow is always to be honest with you, always to have a dialogue with you. And you know what? Sometimes we'll agree. I think I, I think some of you clapped for me once or twice tonight. So that's a start. So thank you very much. Uh, tonight, I think the differences between my opponents and I were made very clear. Um, my vision for the 43rd District is one that really goes out of its way to not only welcome, but to engage uh, new voices in a, in a very real way. I think we can all agree that we're at a very critical time in our country, in our city, um, and we have people who would like to turn back the clock to a uh, artificial past that never really existed in the first place. Um, and we have leaders who would rather divide us up and pit us against each other. Um, and you know, my, my opponents have doubled down on their unwavering support for Donald Trump. Um, I have, I'm going to double down on my unwavering support for the community and the people that I, and, and that's because I would rather uh, preach uh, love and hope and lose than preach hate and fear and win. Um, right. And my mission is just to make your life just a little bit easier uh, in the city council, to always advocate for you, to always go to bat and fight for you. Um, and that means all voices, not just the, the rich or the privileged or the super connected, but everyone that calls this district home is gonna have an equal voice uh, if I am elected city council. Thank you so much. بابي يعتبر نفسه هو خارج نطاق السياسة فهو لم يدخل في السياسة مع ترك السياسة سابقا مثل مثل غولة خضر اليتيم وتمنى أن يكون غولة خضر اليتيم مع المرشحين هنا طبعا كحزب ريفون بارتي هو يقول الحقيقة عجبتكم ولا ما عجبتكم مش مهم والقول الحقيقة والحوار هو الأساس في التعامل مع الآخرين جان هناك مواضيع كثيرة بحاجة للبحث في هذه المنطقة من ضمنها المخدرات من ضمنها بيوت للمعمرين ومن ضمنها زيادة ضريبة البيوت والعقارات ومنها التعامل مع الناس بشكل منظم وإشراك الناس أو اللجان بالنسبة للأمور المالية في سيتي كامسل فهناك أشياء كثيرة يودنا أن يتكلم فيها ويحققها جاستن يقول الخلاف بينه وبين الآخرين واضح هم يريدون أن يعودون إلى الوراء وهو يريد أن يتقدم الأمام يريد أن يشترك الجميع في في العمل السياسي ولا يريد أن يكون تمييز عنصري وأن يخلق الفتنة كما كما هو واضح الآن من سياسة الرئيس ترامب خلق الفتنة والتمييز ضد الأقليات يعمل بهدف الحب والأمل لكل الناس 
وحتى لو لم ينجح على بغض النظر اما الاخرين فهم يدعون للكراهيه والتمييز لكي ينجحوا او يصلوا للمركز اللي هو يعمل ليس للمصالح الخاصه وليس للاغنياء وانما لكل المواطنين وشكرا So thank you again to Justin Brannan, Bob Capano, and John Coraglione for being here tonight. Thanks to our co-sponsors, the South Brooklyn Progressive Resistance and Fight Back Bay Ridge for putting this event together with the Arab American Association of New York. Thanks again to the school, PSIS 30, for giving us the space. Thank you all for coming here tonight, for you know learning a little bit more about these candidates. Do not forget to go out and vote. This is why we put these events together, so you get to know a little bit more about the candidates and you can make an informed decision on the election day. So thank you all for coming tonight, and a shameless plug. Um, you can find out more about the Arab American Association of New York by going to www.arabamericanny.org. We're having our annual gala on November 9th. So please check us out on our website, buy tickets, support the work that we do. We're here for the community. We serve uh, underserved, marginalized communities all across Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, thank you all for coming here tonight and thanks to the candidates. Thanks so much for joining us again. We'll be back soon with more deep dives, analysis, and interviews. But until then, stay free, Bay Ridge.